Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On today's Live Daily News, the live crew has one of the most wonderful interviews and is an exclusive. It's with Dr. Taylor Kingman, San Angelo Independent School District's school board president. Also, a candidate, another candidate for police chief has thrown his name in the ring. A GoFundMe for a young family that lost everything in a fire over the weekend. And we look at police salaries across the state and what the weather holds for the week coming up. I'm Joe Hyde, and this is Live. We'll get to the, to the news in a second, but first, San Angelo is growing and the economy is bustling. If your company is expanding here and has a house, has to house employees while you move to the city of opportunity, know this, Suburban Studios on the Concho River at 441 Rio Concho Drive just completed a multi-million dollar renovation making sure San Angelo Suburban Studios Hotel is here right now to make you and your employees stay simple and enjoyable. Our extended stay hotel meets your needs with hassle-free registration and comfortable, clean, and affordable spaces. Plus, the longer you stay, the more you save. Located with the Clarion Hotel, San Angelo Suburban Studios makes it easy to find a place to stay a little longer. Find San Angelo Suburban Studios and make a reservation today at choicehotels.com or on one of your preferred hotel booking apps. The loan finalists for the next San Angelo ISD superintendent could be announced tonight at the regular meeting of the Board of Trustees. For months, school district officials have been searching for a replacement after current superintendent Carl Dethloff announced his retirement. In the interview segment coming up, Board President Taylor Kingman tells us more about the announcement that may happen tonight. San Angelo stands unique as the only city of its size or larger that still elects its police chief. The upcoming May 2024 election for this position is particularly noteworthy as the seat is open following the retirement of incumbent chief Frank Carter, who has held that post since 2016. This vacancy has attracted two candidates now, and on, on Saturday, Mike Hernandez uh, announced that he was running for police chief. He'll be faced, uh, facing off with Travis Griffin, who announced earlier last week. It, it's remarkable that Hernandez announced his candidacy on Veterans Day on the steps of City Hall. Let's watch a part of his speech. I want to re-energize pride in the San Angelo Police Department. Pride in, the, pride in the department goes hand in hand with improved discipline. Pride in the department comes from better training. And pride in the department leads to more successful recruitment and retention. The city ordinance states that candidates must file for a place on the ballot uh, 78 days prior to Election Day, making the filing deadline Friday, February 16th, 2024, According to my calculations, Election Day is, of course, on um, May 4th, 2024. The only other candidate to announce, of course, was uh, 
said he's running for Central Police's uh, police chief is Sergeant Travis Griffin, who made his announcement earlier this week. Hernandez called for a respectful campaign. Good luck to both candidates. A San Angelo family lost nearly everything, including their beloved dog, in a house fire over the weekend. On Saturday, the Hale family was renting a house that went up in flames during the afternoon, so much so that uh, smoke could be observed from the from Bentwood. Uh, Jordan and Caleb, along with their eight-year-old and two-year-old, got out of the house safely, along with one of their dogs, but the other dog, Ellis, did not make it. Friends of the family have set up a GoFundMe, they didn't have renter's insurance, to help the Hales rebuild and to, do to donate to them, go to the SanAngeloLive.com story and click on the story. In crime news, a San Angelo man was arrested this weekend for exposing himself to a child at a gym in southwest San Angelo. 67-year-old David Smiley was arrested for indecency with a child by exposure after he and a 14-year-old boy who was working out at the gym went into the sauna. Smiley was arrested on November 12th and booked into the Tom Green County Jail. He was released the next day on a $25,000 bond. Recent discussions between the San Angelo Police Officers Coalition, or SACOP, and City Manager Daniel Valenzuela and his staff have highlighted a pressing issue, the need for increased police salaries in San Angelo. SACOP contends that San Angelo's pay scale for police officers is no longer competitive compared to similar cities in Texas, a concern that merits serious consideration given the nature of police work and the cost to train new officers. San Lives' Matt Couture, uh, investigated how much police officers are making across the state of Texas by gathering salary data for starting police officers and the average salaries for officers with 10 years of seniority. He found that San Angeles police pay scale is comparable to Abilene's, but Abilene just raised theirs, but still lower, um, uh, still lower than anywhere across the state, save for, say, Del Rio. The surprise that this is not just the metro areas that are paying more for police officers, but comparable cities to San Angelo are paying much more for police officers. Uh, for example, Tyler, Texas is paying a 10-year veteran about $20,000 more than San Angelo pays a 10-year veteran. While the uh, San Angelo Coalition of Police and the city staff work out the details about how much San Angelo will increase police pay to remain competitive, you can review our police salary survey under the San Angelo section of sanangelolive.com. Now onto weather. San Angelo has been blessed with rain, uh, lots of rain. Our roof is leaking, there's been so much rain. It seems like the weather has hung around, uh, hung over San Angelo since last Thursday, but that should end tomorrow. But for today, the rain is expected to continue to late tonight with a 50% chance that drops to a 20% chance with patchy fog tomorrow morning. So watch out driving to work tomorrow morning. There probably might be fog out there. There's no rain expected on Tuesday where the high is set at 67 degrees and the low will be 45 uh, Tuesday night. Then things get real nice as the highs over Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are in their mid-70s and the lows are in the 40s and 50s. Finally, it's time for sports and cover one analyst Ryan Chadwick has some great news about a central golfer and also more news about the Rams football team. Then we have a great interview with uh, Dr. Taylor Kingman that comes on right after that. You don't want to miss where we will be breaking news about the search for a new superintendent. But first, here's a word from the Bass Bunch. 
This is a full-size truck that you can haul just about anything you can think of. And with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, you can drive it with ease. And tell me this, where can you get a full-size truck that's 10 grand off MSRP? Get a new 24 Nissan Titan Pro 4X Crew Cab and get 10 grand off MSRP. A member of the Central Bobcats golf team signed to play at the next level last week. Colin Leonard, who qualified for the state tournament last season, signed his papers to play for Abilene Christian University next school year. Playing at the collegiate level no matter what the school is always impressive, but signing with a D1 school is even more so. Congratulations, Colin. Go and make San Angelo proud. In other sports news, the Angelo State Rams football season came to an end on Sunday when the NCAA Division II Selection Committee decided that the Rams were not in the top seven teams in Super Region 4. Head coach Jeff Gersh held his final press conference on ASU's campus this morning to talk about the decision and uh, what the season was like as a whole. Let's take a look. Sure. You know, we haven't talked face-to-face uh, -face with our guys yet. We'll have a meeting today, um, this afternoon, and, and sit down as a team and, and kind of go over things. But, uh, you know, there's there's definitely some some guys that are, you know, not, frustrated is probably not the word, you know, just upset and, you know, uh, disappointed maybe is a better word than frustrated. Um, at the end of the day, we didn't win enough games to, to get in, and, and that's unfortunate. I, I do think that we're one of the best seven teams in the region. I really do. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we weren't one of the seven chosen. And, and, and I can live with the fact that, uh, you know, this team went out and competed even when we got that third loss. I can, I, you know, going seven and three, you know, we all feel like the world's going to end, you know, in the, in the uh, locker room as well as the, the you know, the coaches, um, you know, we met today as a coaching staff and we're, we're down about that. But at the same time, um, you got to be proud of what you, what you accomplished too. You know, we came off of a, you know, a record season last year, you know, and, and anybody that's been around athletics long enough know that it's really hard to do that every year. It's really hard to win football games. And, and we went out and won seven of the 10 that we played and, and uh, didn't always play great, but you know, the other three that we lost, we were in those games, you know, and, you know, it's crazy. We talked as a staff, we lost by basically once it would end up being two scores to mines, but it was a three point game with a minute and a half to go. They hit us on a long touchdown run when we were trying to, Blitz. So it was a, like a one, basically a one-score game. You know, Permian Basin was five points. Central Wash was four or three points. You know, we're basically eleven points away from, you know, being the number one team in the country at ten and zero. And are we the number one team in the country? No. You know, we're not. It, it, it's that drastic. You know, and and all these sports. You know, you look at baseball and basketball, and you know the ones that play throughout those. You know, getting forty, fifty games. You know that you can have some slide time. You can have some where you don't play very well. You know, in football, you have the whole year to compete for ten guaranteed eleven games. Right? We had ten this year, and if you have a slide or you don't play well in those ten events or this year, that can be detrimental to your opportunity to play on in the, in the postseason. So, and that was uh, for us this year. You know, we got to do some things better and. Um, continue to recruit great kids, but that's how it leads us off into the in the offseason. It's not doom and gloom. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of teams that would appreciate winning, you know, 70% of their games, and uh, and we are, but at the same time, uh, we are disappointed because the expectation is set higher than that, and that's something we'll continue to recruit and practice and uh, prepare for moving into the uh, offseason. Although the Rams missed the postseason in 2023, they still have much to be proud of this season. Angelo State has work to do this offseason if they want to re return to the postseason next year. 
And for more sports around the Concho Valley, be sure to uh, check in every day at sanangelolive.com forward slash sports. Right now, get 15% off carpet cleaning from Carpet Tech. And welcome back to the show. We have a, a, a delightful guest today, uh, Dr. Taylor Kingman with the San Angelo Independent School District Board of Trustees. The president of the Board of Trustees is here with us today. Dr. Kingman, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we are we are grateful that, that you're here. There's a, a lot of uh, things we can talk about. We'll cover some stuff today, and, and if what we don't get to, we'll get to next time. Yes, sir. Sounds great. Um, uh, let's start out with the legislature uh, and the election. We just had an election that uh, uh, they called a, call it the largest tax rate cut in history for Texas, and that affects your, your bottom line as, as a school district. What, uh, what does that do to the San Angelo ISD? Well, you know, they increased the homestead exemption, yeah, which is how the largest tax rate or tax cut in history ever happened. Right. Um, from a local standpoint, we were able to compress tax rates. The state basically put a mandatory compression um, on the tax rate. Um, we, as a school board, have historically lowered the tax rate mm -hmm. when, when possible. And I believe over... I know over the last six years, but I think over the last 13 years, it's lowered 12 out of 13 years. Right. But from a local standpoint, what the legislature is doing right now is they're increasing the state effort. Okay, so, so they're putting more money into the pot. They're putting more money into the pot, and the local taxpayer is putting less money into the pot. Okay. Especially in a district like San Angelo. When I got on the board, traditionally we were... 45%, 50% local okay. compared to, um, and 50% state. Right. Over the last several years, as the appraised values in San Angelo have increased, which is set by the state. Right. Um, and I know we've been through a lot of tax oh. questions over the last several months. Um, but as that local appraised value has increased, the local contribution to our school funding has increased. Right, okay. And so really what the state has done is restored the balance, the historical balance of the local and uh, state contribution. So there'll be more money coming into the district from the state, and, and that sort of alleviates part of the burden on the local taxpayer. Yes. So the, what it does is basically our at least currently, and obviously there are special sessions and yeah, everything else yeah. going on, but currently our con the contribution or the total amount of money to the district is basically flat. Okay. Currently. Okay. That can all change in a moment. Yeah, anytime the and legislature meets. the legislature meets. <laughs> but at the moment, it's flat. It's just how much of it's coming from local tax dollars versus how much of it's coming from state tax dollars has okay. flipped. All right, and we'll we'll keep up with that as as those changes come along. Uh, uh, the uh, board has a a meeting tonight. Yes, sir. And <clears throat> the big issue is uh, your superintendent search. How is that going? So, as you're aware, we hired a firm back in July after Dr. Detloff, after nine great years as our superintendent, announced that he was going to retire in December. We hired a, fine, a firm, Thompson & Horton, to help us with a superintendent search. Okay. And then we, in September, we got uh, local um, 
contributions from uh, constituents, students, teachers, staff to try and figure out what they thought we needed in a superintendent. Right. And then in October through early November, we've been doing interviews. Okay. okay. And my hope is that tonight we will make or we'll make a motion. <laughs> my hope is that tonight we will name a loan finalist for uh, the superintendent of Sandville Independent School District. And that's a whole legal process uh, that 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 is is governed by the state on how you can and 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 what you can and cannot say at this point. And uh, 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 help me out from there. Once you name a a, a loan finalist for the superintendent, you've got twenty one. So there's twenty one days. days where we can't sign a contract. Okay. And that's just to make sure that. Um, I guess it's to make sure that we haven't hired someone we didn't think we were hiring or vice okay. versa. It's probably protected for both people. Right. Um, but we, you know, in the, in the interview process, if they're getting to second round interviews, their, their references are being checked, their um, resumes being checked. And so, and then obviously we're interacting with them. The, but 21 days. And so then at that point in time, we would actually sign a superintendent, but our goal is to have a superintendent in place January one, okay. so that we don't ever have an interim, and we don't, and we go as quick, as seamlessly as possible to a new superintendent. All right, and Dr. Detloff, of course, is uh, uh, he's he's winding up his career with SAISD in December. Yes, sir. He'll be done at the end of December. And uh, uh, you know, he's had a, a fantastic tenure here, and of course, he worked with Dr. Caroline Bonds before that who also was a, a fantastic superintendent for this district. Yes, we, we've had two great superintendents. Um, I only know those two. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we had great ones before that, but those are the two I know. And, uh, and we're looking to have another fantastic superintendent in place. You know, With everything that's going on in public education, we as a board, I guess I can't really speak for the board, but me, it's, I believe that... San Angelo should be the city on the hill as far yeah. as public education in West Texas. Yeah. And we're looking to put someone in that position who agrees with that and wants to help us reach that and build on the things that uh, Dr. Bonds and Dr. Detloff have already done okay. and then help us in the areas maybe that we still need to improve on. All right. Um, we're really looking forward to that announcement tonight. Um, uh, the, there have been a lot of rumors about the Central Freshman Campus and what's going on over there. So while we've got you here, what's going on with that campus on Oak Street? So a couple things. Um, one, we are looking at all our facilities. Okay. And if given an opportunity, I'll talk about Fannin. Yeah, and, we need to do that. And, um, and McGill as well. But if you believed all the rumors, <laughs> then the school board has no knowledge of it, but Shannon's already bought the building, yeah. and they're going to tear it down next week. You right, know I mean? right. <laughs> but... <laughs> The reality is there have been no formal discussions with any um, anyone outside the district. We are looking at how we can um, improve student uh, outcomes and spaces in every level. We okay. did a, we looked at facilities in our elementary schools, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But you know we haven't passed the bond in quite some time. Right. And if there is a way to um, give better support to our students and make our campuses safer and uh, also increase efficiencies in our um, in our delivery of education so we have more dollars to actually 
fund extracurriculars and other things, then absolutely we're going to do it. Okay. Um, but we have to look at the feasibility of all those things. And I anticipate that we will look at secondary campuses very soon. Okay. Um, but we're in the middle of hiring a superintendent right now. Okay. So that's a, it, Shannon hasn't purchased the Central no, Freshman Campus. No, Shannon has not purchased it. There's been no, <laughs> I mean, like, I heard like, oh, it's real convenient that doctor becomes board president and all of a sudden Shannon buys it. Shannon didn't buy it. We didn't have any, I mean, we're, all we're trying to do is figure out what works the best for our students and our staff and our taxpayers. Okay, that, that's great. And there's that. Now, um, the, what what is happening is there's construction underway at Fannin and McGill. Yes, so we are really excited about what we're doing at Fannin and McGill. So when we, 2019, I believe, we did a um, facility review of our elementary campuses. Okay. Because for a district our size, we have significantly more elementary schools than most districts our size. Okay. And when you're looking at the fact that school funding has changed, and um, as a, although the local taxpayer feels like we're paying a lot for for public education, mm-hmm. the reality is equivalent dollars we're paying less than what was previously available for public education. Okay. And so what we had to do is figure out, okay, one, how do we get kids at the right level? Meaning Mm -hmm. how do we increase their reading math? And then how do we run a system that gives the most support, whether it's interventionalists, assistant principals, gives those teachers a way to collaborate with each other? How do we do that and do it in the framework of how much money we have today? Right. Right. And so we looked at it and we had multiple elementary schools that were less than 300 kids. Okay. And two of those schools were Austin and Alta Loma. Mm-hmm. They also happened to be the, some of the schools that on the um, review of what, how much money it would take to revitalize them, each was over $20 million, I believe. Wow. Okay. And so what we did was say, okay, our district and our board – We've been judicious with our monies. We were able to supplant some money during ESSER dollars that came in um, because there were federal dollars that were coming in during COVID. Okay. And we had a very um, pragmatic approach to how to spend those dollars. Okay. And so what we did is we've now, without having to go back to the taxpayer and ask for money, we're able to put $20 million dollars into two campuses. Okay. Okay. At McGill, we're adding 15 classrooms, a new cafeteria. If you'll remember from the last bond, we were going to do a new cafeteria. Right, right. So 15 classrooms, new cafeteria, new entry point, and um, some of our older portions of that campus, which are really, I mean, they're 70 years old. Yeah. I mean, that all of a sudden we can revitalize that campus and okay. accommodate the students from, uh, Austin. Okay. Yeah. So Fannin, same deal. We did a, they did an addition at Fannin in 97 or 98 predates me. So somewhere in that range. And we're going to add eight classrooms to Fannin, 10,000 square feet. And we're going to be able to, and some new bathrooms and everything that goes with eight classrooms, (laughs) but we're going to be able to to do that as well. Now we were supposed to be pouring concrete this week. It's raining outside, which <laughs> is a blessing. Yeah. But we, I don't know when we're going to be pouring concrete. But our goal is to have those facilities ready to use next year. 
Okay. Well, that's that's an ambitious timeline, but and that's <laughs> great. Um, and McGill, of course, is there on Sherwood Way and uh, A&M, yeah. and uh, uh, Fannin is over there off of Edmond. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two campuses. And, and uh, what are we going to do with Altaloma and Austin? So what we will not be doing is leaving them to sit there and be um, an eyesore. Not okay. that either of those campuses is an eyesore now, but there are campuses that we don't even own in the, in the city anymore. Right. That um, I've gotten phone calls about why are <laughs> you course. letting this campus be look like this. Right. And so we won't be doing that. Now, we will look and see if there's any... Um, anything we should, any of those spaces that are in better shape and can they house technology or anything else that wouldn't take uh, a new structure. But for the most part, we will be um, getting rid of the maintenance of those facilities, whether that okay. means tearing them down or, um, but we're not going to let them sit there and be eyesore to those neighborhoods. Okay. So those, those are decisions that'll be, yeah. that'll be made. We've, we have made sure that there is, in our budget, um, money to take care of what is done with those projects afterwards. Okay. Uh, we just need to make sure we don't want to, if there are spaces that are usable, we want to make sure we've done everything we can before we make that decision. Okay. Fantastic. Um, we could talk all day about this, but, um, this is the point where I generally say, okay, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Um, and I, if I've forgotten anything or you want to add anything, now would be the, 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 the mic's open and it, the floor is yours. So one thing I would say is, you know, we have great people in San Angelo ISD. Our teachers, our staff, our students, our parents, we have great, we have great people. This town is a wonderful town, and it's going to help us hire a great superintendent because people want to yeah. come be a part of what's happening in San Angelo. Yeah. And what I would say is our goal as a district and as a board is to support our teachers and our staff and our superintendent um, and our students to where they are achieving and coming out with uh, skills that allow them to be um, future ready and learners. I mean, whether that's our CTE programs, which have expanded immensely over the last several years, uh, or the fact that we're spending a lot of resources at the moment strategically on our K through three reading, and okay. we have uh, we have a new phonics program that ah, I okay. think is going to be excellent. And I've actually was at classrooms or schools campuses two to three weeks ago, and we were watching kids decode letters and use phonics, and they were they, the second graders were learning about the War of eighteen twelve while they were learning <laughs> oh, to read. No. And you know, they, now they're going to get to. You know, they're getting out of med school and they have to remember what the War of 1812 was again. But 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 it's a great uh, thing. And I really think that San Angelo ISD is primed to be, uh, continue to grow in this community and support this community because a strong school district is good for the community. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Keeman, thank you for being here. And I can't wait for tonight for that, uh, uh, for whatever happens at the school board meeting. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. All right. Back to you guys. When it comes to unique pieces you can't find anywhere else, Kano's Diamonds and Coins is your one-stop shop. With over 24 years in the diamond and coin industry, Kano's Diamonds and Coins is West Texas's choice for diamonds, jewelry, coins, silver, and gold. Owner Bill Cano stands by his work and offers free consultations, including estate jewelry. 
Don't just trust anyone with your valuables. Come see the staff at Cono's at 1016 West Beauregard in San Angelo. And I'm Joe Hyde with San Angelo Live. Thank you for watching us for our news, weather, and sports on the Live Daily News Show. We broadcast every day in the 4 o'clock hour on SanAngeloLive.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We also have a, a podcast version of this show that's on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. You name it, we're everywhere. So tune in tomorrow, sometime in the 4 o'clock hour, for the live stream, Live Daily News. Until tomorrow, I'm Joe Hyde. Thanks for watching. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.